All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dogtown Podcast. I'm Tito. I'm Robbie. How's it going, man? Good. It's Thank good you. to hear your voice. Yeah. Even though we're not doing this in person, we're doing it from our studios um, again. Yeah. Socially distanced. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, very soon, we'll be able to actually do this in person again. So yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. That would be a great day. Yeah. So... Robbie, you texted me a couple days ago and it kind of birthed this idea or topic that we, we want to get into today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The topic that we want to discuss today is this idea of kind of like technological advancements or innovations and what that means regarding our skills and create creative output. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of equipment and tools out there keep exponentially getting better and better and it led to this question that we asked ourselves is it too easy so robbie can you explain a little bit about what what the the catalyst was when you texted me about this new logic update yeah so that um so that that main question like is it too easy or i guess another way to phrase that question is like can can the act of music making be too easy sometimes um and can certain technological aspect advancements make make it kind of like too easy to write a song or is that it kind of feels like cheating at some points um and the reason that that idea came about was because like you mentioned there's um so we tito and i both use this recording software called logic and it's a great it's a great great recording software and um, it's very powerful, and it's kind of like one of the industry standards for recording. And they, like like all software, it comes out with these updates once in a while. And so they just came out with the, like this update, and it's like a big deal update. And huge it had overhaul. A, a huge overhaul and had a lot of new features and whatnot. And it's one that a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time. And it um, it kind of like blew my mind when I first saw all the stuff that was included in the update and the different ways that it just made things so easy, especially with, with regard to sampling. And so for those of you who don't know this, like Sam, I think everybody kind of has a vague familiar with sam- familiarity with sampling. It's like you take a, a drum beat or a sound or a, a, some sort of part from a song that has already been recorded a little, you know, one second, two second, 10 second clip from a song and you use it in another song. And so, that and that's obviously like a huge basis for a lot of the music that that is made over the last 20 30 40 maybe ish years yeah since like the late 80s early 90s especially um it was when it really took off and the and so it kind of in that that's a, that's you know such a part of making music today and so a lot of us a lot of us who use logic are finding that it's like so this new update makes it the long story short of it it's just so easy to do that and so easy to pull in these these files in it um if you pull in different drum loops from different uh you know maybe a hi-hat loop a bass drum loop a, a snare loop a tambourine loop they can be all different tempos you just drag them in and line them on top of each other and it'll automatically line up the tempos and and quantize it which means like make all the make kind of make all the beats line up and so is this audio files that it's doing that too yeah yeah audio files not yeah not midi instruments audio 
audio files. So all you know, if I it, it can analyze the the way that the waveform looks. You know what I mean? It analyzes what the you know the wave. If you picture an audio file, you see those wavy things, which is called the waveform. And so Logic analyzes those and sees where the patterns are for the rhythm and it lines them up and it's like ridiculously accurate so for example just so people get an idea and i'm not too familiar with the update yet and Mm -hmm. is it like say you have a drum loop that's a certain beats per minute yeah and then you grab another sample that's in a completely different beats per minute you drag those two files into Logic, and there's yep. a way where it analyzes the transients to just automatically line up. Totally. Yep. So remix. you set your and tempo. You got, you got a remix right there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So okay. you set your tempo. Say, you okay, I want this to be 90 BPM. Set the tempo in Logic. You drag in a hi-hat loop from your browser. You drag in a bass drum loop. You drag in a snare drum loop. Mm-hmm. They all match up, and it's uh, 90 at 90 BPM, you know? Yeah. And it's... Um, it's really like, it's just a like, I can't. It's like kind of mind blowing technology how well it can work, and it's um, and also the way that it allows you to just like plop these down right on top of each other, and then make a loop out of those, and you can call that like your verse loop, and then you can copy different different parts of that over and make add different, you know, a shaker and a tambourine, a synth sound on top of that, a a whatever kind of loop on top of that and then you have your chorus loop and then you alternate between those and then you can record that and then have your song you know yeah and it's very easy and then also there's this whole other like that's just part of it there's another this is kind of like technical but the longest story short of it is that the you can also drag in different samples and um this they have a what's called a quick sampler now which is like you drag in if you if you record yourself playing one note on a guitar and you know record it and then drag that one note into the quick sampler it will automatically um put that note onto the keyboard at the right pitch and then put make every other note on your midi keyboard um the the corresponding pitch of that guitar note you just made your own synth yeah you made your own synth out of one guitar note because if you you know you play a C on your a guitar, record it, drag it into Quick Sampler, and now you play a C on your on your um, keyboard that's hooked up to your computer, and that C is the same C that you just played, and then you play a C sharp, and that the C sharp is the guitar note that you just played, but pitched up a half step, so it's a C sharp, and you do that, and it did that for your whole keyboard, so it's like you instantly have a a an entire four, five, six octaves worth of notes from that one note you just played. Right. Um, and so that's, and you can do that with not only a guitar note, but like any note. You drag in a, a clip of Aretha Franklin singing a high note and you drag it in and then you have an entire keyboard worth of Aretha Franklin notes that you can play with. Um, and it's so dead easy that yeah. it's like, and it's these things, these things that are easy, these things weren't impossible before, but they were difficult before. And so um, if I wanted to drag in these different loops, I could have, I could do that, you know, last year before the update came out. I could do that. That's totally, that was totally possible. But it took me a while to learn. You had to go in and, and, and take time to learn how to adjust the tempos of things and right. how to quantize them, how to match them up. 
And it wasn't necessarily hard before, mm-hmm. but it was not this. It wasn't drag and drop. You know yeah. what I mean? And, um, and I think that with Logic putting out this update, like you said, this technology has existed before. And there's, mm-hmm. there's different software like Ableton and even Fruity Loops with production and beat making becoming so much more hyped up in music mm-hmm. um, culture, it there's a lot more access for people to become music producers and beat makers yeah. that Ableton and Fruity Loops have really shot up as far as like software. Yeah, totally. Um, in popularity. But now that this big boy like Logic starts taking mm-hmm. it on too, yeah, it like now gives even more access for people to yeah. cr- easily create like music mm-hmm. productions. Yeah, and it's like and that so that that aspect and how like you said those things that type of beat making has becoming so popular and that um, and another thing that's going along with that is because that is so popular sites like Splice and um, Lander and all yeah. these different sites are are becoming popular and what these are is um, especially Splice is the one that, that I use a lot, is uh, places where you can go and just find tons of samples. There's sample libraries. You subscribe to it for like seven bucks a month or whatever. And then you can go in and, and pick out all these samples and drag them right into your Logic project and you instantly have an amazing drum beat. And so it's like, or an amazing synth part. And so in Splice has millions probably of samples and they're all organized into these packs. And so it's, it's hard to explain without having somebody right here, but I'll try to do it. It's um, all you have to do is like go to Splice, like choose whatever pack looks cool to you, and you can like type in drum loop, and then it'll bring up probably 40 drum loops from that creator. And then you're like, okay, this one sounds cool. You just click on that, um, like press download or whatever, and then you drag and drop that onto your Logic project and uh, boom, you have a, a drum loop that's going. It's like, and you're doing that. And that's okay. So that's rolling. And then you like search through the same pack and you put like synth, synth line or whatever. And mm-hmm. you find a cool one, drag that on top. And it's even if it's a different tempo, whatever, you just drag it in and it automatically matches up at the same tempo. And you're like, okay, those sound kind of cool together. Then you go through and drag it, uh, drag a guitar part in. And oh no, the the guitar part, the timing matches up, but it's in a different key. And so all you have to do is right click on it and then transpose it, you know, up up a half step, up two half step, a whole step, up two whole steps. All you have to do is right click on it and transpose it, and then it's right in the right key, you know. Yeah. And no matter what tempo it was at before, now it matches up. Now whatever key it was in before, you could just transpose it, and now it matches up. And so it's. And so just, just you know, in the time that it took me to describe that, you have the basis of a song right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's crazy. And that's, it, and how, yeah, it's it's un- unbelievable how easy that is and um, and how, how good something can sound with so little work. <laughs> and, um, and, it, and it kind of like put me in this weird mindset. I'm like, this is... I was getting excited about the um, logic update, you know, and then I was kind of like overwhelmed in this way. And I right. was like, is this like, is this too easy? Like, is this even, am I cheating? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, am I, am I even like being a, a, 
a musician? I mean, am I even being like an artist by doing this? Because it, it like almost feels too easy. And th- th- that making the same end product, maybe, you know, before the, before the, um, a year ago or whatever could have been possible, but maybe a little bit harder. Or maybe even like two years ago, three years ago, before I used Splice, making the same end product could have been a lot harder because I would have to go through and um, it used to be like about having to bootleg all these samples and hunt them down and yeah. trade, you know, trade drum beats with exactly. your friend. Yeah. And you had maybe, you know, a hundred cool drum beats on a hard drive and then you like gave that uh, USB stick to your friend or whatever. And, you know, producing was kind of like this this hunt where you like, like it was like Pokemon or something. <laughs> we like <laughs> exactly. gathered and traded these Pokemon. That's so right. And, and it's like, and so that, you know, and it, and it was, it used to be like much harder in a way, yeah. or you'd have to spend time searching through old records for like a cool drum break yeah. or, you know, listening through old, old records for a part where you're like, oh, that's a cool, like sustained note. I'm going to grab that and like take that sample and make it into a loop and then make a whole song out of that. Right. In that, um, in that, in that, uh, instance would be much, much harder. Uh, and I guess that makes me, that's a interesting thought to think about. Mm -hmm. And it makes me ask another question of does the struggle to, you know, back in the day, having to really struggle to find that perfect sound mm-hmm. versus now that it's just like you just search a certain sound and it's it's yeah the library's there. Mm-hmm. The struggle and the journey to get the Pokemon yeah. and make that beat or make that song is the struggle does the struggle equate to more creativity yeah or does it yeah that and that's and i think that that's like the exact thing that i'm like kind of like getting at is right. that if it's too easy the, does it mean it's art yeah yeah is it is it is it like not valid if it's like if it's so if it's that easy and like that's a hard question one and okay so and this is a, this is a this is a way that i've uh started to like kind of explain the kind of question that i'm asking um and here's like a hypothetical example you know how um Squarespace, the 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 um the process of designing a website. Yep. It um it used to be, you know, you'd have to learn coding, you'd have to whatever. Obviously it's not easy. Right. Unless <laughs> you hired design. Out. Right. You'd have to learn, you know, graphic design, you'd have to learn what colors go well together and all that stuff. Um and so and then there's, you know, eventually we get to a thing like Squarespace where it's like all of these templates and you just choose like, okay, I like um I like this template. You enter in like your your headliners for like your name, website name, you know, this, that, and that. And then you have your website. And it's, you know, it's all template based. Mm-hmm. And and so I was thinking like, if there was something like that for music, where say there was a say there was an online program where you go in and you and you choose like, okay, uh, and it's like super, you know, streamlined and it's a really like good user interface and um and like the first page is like okay listen to these three different verses and tell me um and click on the choose the verse that you like the most and you listen to the three different verses and you you choose the one that you like the most and it takes you to the next page 
And it says, oh, yeah, three different courses. Click on the course that you like. And you click on the course that you, it takes you to the next page. And it's like, listen to these bridges. Click on the bridge the most. And then you click on it and it takes you to the third page. And it's like, thumbs up. Here's your song. Like It's mastered download. and like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Ooh. and I think that that's, that's something that's conceivable. We can, we, we all have different things. We've gone through the template and really easily made something. And, um, and so if there was something like that, if there was like a square space of making music like that, would you call that art? Would you call that creativity? You know? And like, I, I wouldn't. Right. I guess. And I, go ahead. And the thing is, is that the, the, the place that sampling and the place the place that we're at technologically is is not exactly that extreme but it's honestly not that far from it you know what i mean right it's it's, it, it's not that far from it and it's um the it's just so easy to drag in these samples and i can you know there's like maybe a, a couple more steps than the kind of hypothetical scenario that i just described but it's not that far fetched, you know what I mean? Right. And so, in that situation, it's it's the question of like, is that art? Are, are, is that really creativity? Comes up. It it does come up. It raises that question, you know. It really does. And I guess when I try to think about that, it, it like because the first say first really great song that you might have thought of in, and you feel like it's not. I don't know. Like, there's always times where, like, say I'm writing a song, yeah, and you know those songs that just come come out right away, mm-hmm. and the words, the lyrics just pop out, and the yeah. chords come to you easily, mm-hmm. and it just seems like it gets to a certain point where you finish the song like in an instant, and it doesn't even feel like you wrote it, right? Yeah. What do you What do you do with those? Because that's just like sometimes it's just straight up yeah that's true because that is true because in that instance that is easy too you know what i mean right but that I, is like but i'm proud of that yeah How and it's you? not it feels that feels so completely different but it's interesting because that is not necessarily it's not like it was hard to do that it's not like you like toiled over that yeah. that song like there's a good hank williams quote if, if a song takes more than five minutes to write, it's not worth writing. Did he, <laughs> and this is Hank wow. Williams. You know what I mean? And like, all my songs are not worth writing then. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, he, and that's, um, and I think that that's kind of like, and I, every it's musician weird. that I tell that quote to relates to that because mm-hmm. they're like, yes, the best songs that I've ever written are ones that just spilled out like that. And Absolutely. Was, there was something about it that it just came out of me and it wasn't hard. And so, like that's that's interesting to think about because that kind of easy feels like okay. Then you know these are both easy. Why does this? Are these the same? Is easiness not a factor in whether or not something? I guess that means that easiest is not a factor in whether or not something is creative or not. Maybe maybe it's about appreciation for the craft mm. because I, I feel like some okay. So one of the things that I was thinking about when you asked, is it too easy? Mm -hmm. You know, if you were to think about music production equipment back then, you know, you're recording audio on tape, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. to edit, you would even, you would have to cut tape. Yeah. And tape it to, like, physically tape it together to make the edits or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to be doing that. I don't want to spend my time doing that. So 
Yeah, I think totally. in any generation, you can argue whether if it's easier, you can, someone can go, oh, it, it, it doesn't mean you're a real musician, right? Yeah, so I that is think, so true. I think if we think about it maybe in a sense of appreciation, then mm-hmm. I can understand why there's this struggle with the question yeah. of is it too easy? When you, when you yeah, relate totally. it to the easiness of maybe playing splice roulette and just picking random Exa- yeah, loops. Seriously. I wonder exactly. if we could do that. That'd be kind of fun. That would be a good experiment. Just drag any just file. Just drag random loop. And just see if and it, it will probably sound pretty hot good. fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the difference with that and um, a song that comes out in two minutes out of just like pure inspiration, mm-hmm. the the outcome might be like hot fire song or whatever, but mm-hmm. the difference may be appreciation because... Mm-hmm. Because you know, because yeah, maybe because internally. you know in your heart that 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 that, that those are different, right? You know, and you know that it, if it kind of that you, I don't. At least in me, I would feel like I earned one of those songs and I didn't earn the other one. You know, right? So like it, the one that I, the one that naturally come out with inspiration, it feels like you kind of earn it, right? Like you were, you know, you were kind of there, attuned, like metaphysically to something yeah because you you have to show up you let that come through you exactly instead of just kind of like clicking right being you know like whatever and i think that that that's that kind of gets a lot closer to kind of where i found myself going once i was traveling down that thought trail Mm -hmm. was like was getting to this place of like okay well what is the what is the foundation of what you're doing you know what i mean because if you're, if the foundation of what you're doing is trying to be creative and trying to create something new, then, then the, um, then doing that with these tools that make it easier isn't going to make, isn't going to negate that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, um, it's not, if you're, if you're, no matter how hard or how easy it is, there's always going to be people who, who are just kind of doing something to fit in with the status quo and get you know get stuff to say it's good enough to, to just create something that's completely not not new and just a rehash of whatever has been made just to get attention and just to to be like oh look at how good I am I can replicate the status quo and that's fine and there's nothing bad about that Mm -hmm. but i think that that is something different than art and different than creativity um and and if your goal is creativity and breaking norms and and trying new things and using your imagination and that uh, no matter how easy it is how hard it is that doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean that the foundation is going to be creativity or replication of just whatever is popular at the moment you know right because with new innovation and i guess ease of use comes more learning curves um Mm -hmm. i think even though it's easier to make music now there's a different it might not be the same type of you know difficulty or learning curve but there's a different kind of scale to work off of and Mm -hmm. um did you ever watch that video that i sent you with that producer kenny beats yeah totally oh yeah that's awesome so um there's this producer kenny beats uh lately i've been watching him on youtube 
he's been doing these live streams of him making a beat. And first of all, I think it's like so crazy that like a producer, right, is making a live beat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the process of making a beat, it can be like you're picking out sound, you're you're going through like a folder full of kick drum sounds and it's just like doom. Like, you're listening to every single hit, trying to figure out which one will work on this, like, song, right? Mm. To do that process live with a bunch of other producers watching watching you you. and making comments, it's just like, oh, my gosh, I can't imagine the pressure and, like... And it's funny because he plays with those people. Like, he kind of trolls them a little bit because he knows he's, he's a competent beat maker producer Mm -hmm. so i watched this guy right and he's using you know the the plugins that will make anything sound amazing he's Mm -hmm. using he's probably using splice yeah he's using everything that we're talking about that supposedly makes it easier right Uh but when i watch him create a beat like that or create a production like that yeah it's it's like another level. It's another... That's exactly right. Yeah. So like, even though it's easy, you and I can yeah. be like, oh yeah, it's easy. There's this level that comes with the innovation. Exactly. That people reach. And exactly. Yeah. And so, and when I saw that Kenny Beats mm-hmm. video that you showed me, yeah. I was like, thank God it's easy because I have no chance of ever making anything the way that he's making it yeah. unless the stuff is dead easy. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that guy's a real I, producer. It's like, I need these things to be as easy as they can be so that I can, you know, make them my, you know, know them like the back of my hand right. and then be able to incorporate them the way that this guy's incorporating them. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, thank God that they're as easy as they are finally, you know? Right. Yeah. He, he had another video and it was really funny. He did one with T-Pain. I um, watched that one too. Yeah. You did? A part and, of it. Yeah. And it, it's funny because, you know, T-Pain, whether you like his music or not, mm-hmm. as far as like credentials when it comes to like OG like auto-tune modern pop rap music like he put that on the map and totally I mean one could argue that like if T-Pain didn't exist do you think Post Malone will exist right yeah totally you know or Drake even right like auto-tune as a as a tool yes oh my gosh yes go 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 it hasn't like like T-Pain is like super shimmery autotune, right? It was like mm-hmm. the first iteration of autotune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now like autotune has become became like a tone. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like a fix anymore. It's not a tool to fix your singing. It's just yeah. become a timbre or a tone mm-hmm. in like modern day pop, hip hop music. Yeah. It's just the thing, right? So it's like Yeah. Yeah, you could be like, "Oh yeah, T-Pain, he was cheating with autotune." That was probably a lot of the arguments back then. Yeah. But then it led to like this whole branch of like music. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, it's weird. That's, I feel like the auto-tune fits perfectly into this discussion. Yeah. Perfectly. Because it's the same kind of argument and the same kind of, kind of um, thought thing that you get into of like, does it make it too easy? You don't even have to learn how to sing anymore. You have auto-tune. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, that's, that could be said. But then on the other hand, you have like, okay, now that you have auto-tune, like your your ability to sing isn't a barrier and now people who who can't sing perfectly in pitch can use this and take this tool and flip it use it for something it's not even meant to be used for mm-hmm. 
you know, that's kind of like what T-Pain and a lot of other of the pioneers of autotune did. They took this thing that was supposed to be transparent. It was supposed to, you're supposed to not even notice it was there. Right. You know, it's supposed to just kind of be a subtle thing to, to get you back in tune. But they, they, they kind of cranked it up and used it as an instrument even in its yeah. own right. And so they, so they pushed that easiness innovation yeah. to the limit. Yeah. And I think that that's, I didn't think that this is where the podcast was going to go. I didn't think yeah. I'd be saying, I didn't think I'd be saying this, but I think that T-Pain is like a creative, you know, a creative person in my eyes because oh. of that. Have and you seen, very, have you seen his tiny desk session? No. Dude can actually sing. Oh, I bet you can. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's what's crazy, right? Because it's like you, you watch a video later on and you see that, wow, this guy's an actual musician and he produces. Totally. Yeah. And I think that people maybe kind of miss that. And they yeah. they might have, you know, when he first came out, they might have thought, oh, he's not a musician. He's he's just using this to to try and make himself sound like a normal musician, but he can't even sing. And so that's why it sounds like robotic. But the thing was, he he could he, you know he could do, he could have done just as good of a record as anybody without auto tune. Right. But he chose to do that creatively, and that is that was in my mind like that's the step. Because he knew that's it the was step different. of like I'm stepping off of this ledge into yeah. it and making something new, and that's you know that's what it's all about. T Pain, and maybe that it all goes back to that appreciation. Someone who might have might not have understood T Pain back in the day. I can't believe yeah. we're talking about T-Pain. Um, no. Uh, we're talking the, about him like he's like a fucking punk rock legend or <laughs> something, know. you know? Like he's like like he's like Joy Ramone or right, some yeah. like pioneer of <laughs> Right. Well, the, you know, if you didn't understand what he was doing back then, right? You didn't have appreciation to what he was doing. But maybe mm-hmm. us now when you, you know, he's become more open in like mm-hmm. performing without auto-tune during yeah. that tiny desk. And then we see him working with someone like Kenny Beats or something like that. Mm-hmm. The level of appreciation goes up, and you start realizing that oh, okay, there there was craft there. There was mm-hmm. some type of yeah. create creative mm-hmm. juice there. Yeah. Um, and even with the levels, like I was talking about that T Pain video with Kenny Beats, mm-hmm. this OG of like auto-tune and probably shaped a little bit of modern music now yeah totally mm-hmm. he's watching this this guy make beats right and uh-huh. t-pain's a producer he's watching kenny beats make something and every five seconds he was like whoa whoa whoa, what the hell was that what did you just do <laughs> because awesome. kenny beats was doing it so fast and it was like second nature to him yeah that's awesome. that even someone like a t-pain is going what yeah how is it that easy yeah. Because for him, he probably spent those hours checking out yeah, kick totally, sounds. Totally. It just totally, totally. it just keeps going in a continuum. Mm-hmm. And I think you can argue at any time of history that something got easier. So I don't know. It's it's more of like what what's important whenever we do get these new tools. Like mm-hmm. yeah. how do we set ourselves to be different and yeah. like how do we find our totally. own unique tone of voice yeah you know because any yeah because any tool that allows you to to make something easier it makes it easier to to just make boring bland replications of whatever is popular at the moment mm-hmm. 
but it also makes it easier to to it opens up new methods of forging your own path. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so the technology doesn't necessarily push you down either of those ways. Like if you're at that fork in the road of like, I don't know whether to make bland, replicated, poppy crap Mm -hmm. or to make something original and daring. If you're at that fork in the road, the new technology that comes along doesn't push you towards either side of that fork, but it can make you go down either side of that fork faster, I think. Mm. You know? And so if you wanted, you know, now it's easier than ever to make boring, bland like that's true sampled music <laughs> but it's also like easier than ever to to make creative new never before for heard of music you know right and um so yeah. do you think it's abs- like do you think it's necessary for an artist or a creative person to i guess it's harder like depending on when you're born say you're born right now right and mm-hmm. when you're 16 or something like that that's 16 years from now Technology is going to be so much better. Yeah. And like creating a song is, you know, uh-huh. you wouldn't have known an older time where mm-hmm. where that wasn't even possible, right? Yeah. What type of, I, I guess, struggle or hardship, what's the balance that someone should have when it comes to creativity? Or, yeah. or I, go ahead. Go ahead. I think that the, I think that I kind of was thinking about this. I think that the balance is kind of always there no matter what the technology is mm. because there's I think this is the kind of way that I've that I've come up with it is that no matter how easy it is to write a song you still have to push yourself to do it you know what I mean there's no like the guitar pedals can come out and be great and give you all these great new sounds mm-hmm. that are like brilliant and perfect but no guitar pedal is going to write a song for you you know, and there's sure. all these samples that you can drag in and um, but no sample is going to write a song for you, you know, and I mean, it's closer with the samples because it, it's if you throw a few of them together, you can say that that's a song and be done with it. But really, if you really want to create something and want to write a song, there's no technology that's going you in any instance, you have to push yourself over that hump, you know. And I kind of, I kind of like felt this recently when I, I had gotten a few plugins and like a few uh, new pieces of like, for like guitar pedals. Yeah. And I was like, yes, these make it so, you know, these these sounds are going to be so useful for writing songs, and it's going to be, you know, and then you can have all these options, and that doesn't make it any easier to get over that hump of writing a song. That's so true. Know? Yeah, I mean, if and, if we if we if it was easy, we'd all be freaking Paul McCartney or something. Yeah, you know. So it it does still have that factor of uh-huh. the the work is still there, even though how to do it might be easier. Yeah, and so that that kind of I think that kind of like brings you to the the second question, which is. Um, so the the question of like, okay, does technology with sampling technology, with all this new technology, is it cheating? Is it valid? Are you a real musician or are you a fake musician? Like all of those questions, like let's put those aside and um, all the questions of like validity, invalidity, whatever, put that 
all aside for a second. Mm -hmm. And underneath that, there's another question of like, regardless of those other things, how does it affect your creativity to have all these options? Is it a, regardless of if it's a, 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 like true artistic or fake artistic, how, how does having these options affect your ability to create? Mm. And I, um, I think that that's a really good question to get at too, um, because it's less rooted in these ideas of like purism or like yeah. trying to be some sort of identity and more just like, okay, well, if I have, if you have all of this, like, does that make it easier for you to create or does it actually make it harder sometimes? Yeah. Sometimes too many options are not a good thing. Definitely. It, it, Definitely. Yeah. It, yeah. And I think that that's like just kind of shown itself over and over. And there's a really good Jack White like quote that I like to incorporate here or like kind of a line of thought in that he, um, he is a great, he has a lot of great things that he says about creativity and about the ways that he intentionally tries to make it hard because he really talks a lot about the value of the struggle in creativity and that good art doesn't come from comfort and having, you know, the ability to just do everything super easily. And, um, art doesn't come from comfort. It comes from struggle. And, um, and so he, one of the ways he kind of, um, illustrates this is like, he said that, yeah, he'll, um, if he's playing a show and his, his keyboard is, is like six feet away and his guitar is, you know, and his mic is six feet away or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he has to, there's a part of the song where he has to run over to the keyboard. And, um, and it's, you know, if his keyboard is close enough where it's really easy for him to, to go over there and it's, it's super a simple transition to the keyboard part. Um, then for the next night of the tour, for the next show, he'll push the keyboard a little bit further away. He'll what? push the keyboard another foot or two further away. Yeah. So that it makes it a little bit harder for him. Do you know what I mean? And so, and that, in his um, his rationale, his thinking behind this, is that that is that if it's too easy, it becomes bland really quick, and that if each night isn't new, and if there's not some struggle, then there's nothing. There's the the authenticness of it isn't isn't gonna come through. Ah, yeah. And I, there's something really worthwhile. To th- to dig in and think about there. Whoa, yeah. so it's just even just a little nudge somewhere that mm-hmm. makes you a little bit... You don't have to, like, burn the house yeah. down, but just, like, yeah, that little shift in in a variable changes the intention for the whole thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that... Uh, and, he, and it's, like, that's... Those imperfections are kind of like what makes things, and I think that Jack White in like kind of was a, a kind of poster child for this idea that like those imperfections are what make things real, and that's I would say the entire reason why why him and his bands became popular at the time that they did was because they were. You have to think of the time; it was the early two thousands, mm-hmm. like a time of like my chemical romance and all american rejects T-Pain. and like follow fo- yeah t-pain <laughs> fallout boy all of these um all of this especially rock music that was super produced super flawless shimmery. super quantized yeah, yeah, yeah. shimmery everything yeah. was so polished and and jack and mag white come in playing this you know this thing that was sound like super tape saturated sound like it was just raw and raucous mm-hmm. and 
and people needed that, you know? Yeah. And it, they needed those imperfections. They needed something that wasn't, that produced in a high rise LA building. They needed something that was produced in a Detroit, you know, warehouse. And, um, and that's, and yeah, I just think that there's something so important about that, the way that the struggle plays into that. Yeah. You know, I think, um, kind of a practical experience that you and I have faced in this subject. Um, pretty much up until maybe a couple months ago, all Dogtown studio sessions were done mm-hmm. using an eight input interface. Yeah, totally. And for the longest time, we kept it at that intentionally. Mm-hmm. And we've had mm-hmm. numerous conversations about it because... You know, depending on the band that you have in there, sometimes it gets very uncomfortable with mm-hmm. the amount of inputs that we have because sometimes yeah. there's not enough or it feels like there's not enough. Mm-hmm. But we also had this kind of like, we didn't, we wanted to push what that eight inputs could do in that mm-hmm. space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what, you know, can you think of, some of the things that we were thinking about before we started adding on to it. Yeah. It, it was really like keeping the limits there. Yeah. Keeping those limits and those, yeah, those, um, yeah, the, like, it's, yeah, especially with the, with the eight input thing, I think that's a good illustration of it because that. You couldn't just add another mic. Yeah, exactly. You had to kind of think of a way to make it a little bit. You had to think creative. It like it's that limit made you think. Cre- right. Yeah, it made you think creatively because if you didn't have that limit, you you the the natural knee knee jerk reaction, which is just throw another mic in there, mm-hmm. and um and a lot of times if you don't have that option, you have to think okay, like maybe we'll have both of the backup singers sing into one mic, and maybe that changes the whole aesthetic of the thing, and then that you know, that results in us having to do it this other way. Right. And you you run into, it forces you to run into these things that, that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise. If right. you just, if you had the option to just throw a mic on everything, mm-hmm. you would just throw a mic on everything and it would it would really easily start to look. And, and if we, same with the one camera thing, if we had a lot of different cameras, it would be really easy for us to just like replicate the standard model of what a session looked like. You know right. what I mean? The more The more of these like, options you have the more easy it is to replicate something that's already been done right and it and and in in doing that for like a year and a half and then ever since you had that studio Mm -hmm. i think it it gave us the confidence to know that we got it like we knew how to work it if there was a band that comes in we could make it work right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that gives us the appreciation and knowing the the real deal technical side of stuff and understanding where our space was at the time and it allows us to be able to grow into adding you know Mm -hmm. you know upgrading to get more inputs and totally and doing that even though it's easier there comes that appreciation and understanding that we Mm -hmm. don't need to have all however many inputs that we have yeah and i think that that's kind of what i was trying to get at when i was kind of talking about like what is your foundation and if your foundation is this kind of foundation of 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 creativity and, and wanting to push limits, then then it's okay to add kind of stuff onto it. And it just kind of it's just important to always check that and always kind of 
give a give yourself a gut check and be like, okay, where am I at? Where is my foundation in approaching this project? Is it, you know, is am I really is that still is that struggle still at the core of what I'm doing, what I'm trying to 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 express, mm-hmm. um, or is it something where it's become that fire has gone out and I'm just kind of going through the motions, you know? Let me ask you maybe to to start landing it. Obviously, the process, depending on what time period you're living in and what tools you have, the process varies. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the, the actual final product, if something is a great piece of work, if something's like dope, if something's a mm-hmm. great piece of work, yeah, whether it was easy or not, it, do you think that it's it's a sign of creativity just from that one product or is it uh, someone's body of work that determines... Because someone could have a lucky day and their splice game was good. Do you think you wait until you see what type of work they're constantly putting out there before you can determine if someone's, you know, being their true, like, pushing creative limits within their own like self yeah and i yeah and i wonder like even if i wonder even if any person can look at another person and and say that they are or are not that's true at a certain place yeah and i think that kind of this whole conversation maybe brings me more to a place of like it doesn't really necessarily matter in a lot of yeah and i think that maybe it matters it, maybe it really matters for you looking inside. And I think that it matters a lot, a super, super lot that way, looking in that direction. But looking outside, I don't think that you can really, you can never really know like, okay, well, are, is this person just being a, a, you know, a ripoff or a cheat and just kind of trying to cash in on how easy it is to make music or are they really feeling it? Or, like I don't. You think people can sense even, that intention? And I think I think they can. And I think that I I know that when you are legit and when you have that fire, that comes through. You know what I mean? We've all seen that in music, and I think that that's what makes people come alive when, in music. You know, and that's mm. why we keep doing music is because every once in a while we see that, and every once in a while we hear that, and it's like. And it might take a year in between, a sh- like different times where you're, it may take five years where you feel so dry, and then you see somebody and you're like, "That is it. That like that is this fire that I there was something there that I had in my heart at one time, and I forgot what it was, and now I hear it again, and I hear it with what they're doing, I see it with how they're performing, and that that thing that happens at a show maybe you go to once every two years or once every three years." That is why we all keep doing it, you know? And so that, like, more of that in, like, and you're the only one who can know if you're making your music from that place or if you're just kind of going through the motions, you know? Right, and, yeah, the only way to get to that specific feel is when internally you can kind of sleep at night going i put yeah. the work in i put the work in because yep. everything else i put yeah totally. all the little nuances that we were talking about mm-hmm. i guess you throw that out the window because when the real deal comes it's obvious yeah. 
Totally, totally. Yeah. And if you're just kind of, you know, faking your way through it, just throwing a few samples in and and putting something up so you can get likes on Facebook or whatever, you're not going to get, you're not going to go to bed feeling that. You're, you're going to go to bed and know you're going to feel like, you're going to feel like some sort of way about it. Yeah. And it's, it's not going to feel, it's not going to feel like the real deal. And, and I've had times where it was like that, where it doesn't, where somebody will compliment you on a thing and you're like, oh, yeah, thanks. I mean, I, I'm sure you would like it because it sounds like anything right. else, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't feel real. But if you make something that's like, that's not predictable and you make something that kind of, if you make something that was like kind of stepping out on a limb and then somebody hears it and they're like, yes, this, I connect with this. Then you're like, oh my God, really? You you connect with this? That means that we connect on this deeper level that we have this whole, you know, if you're into like a, a three minute long outro of guitar feedback and 80s drum, like drum machines, then that was a crazy fucking move on my part. And if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're vibing with that, we need to hang because we're the same kind of weird, you know? Right. And like that kind of connection is like, that's special. You know, yeah, the people that connect with your stuff that, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just discovering that, yeah, it's just like, it, it's a weird thing where it's like, you can kind of sense when it's the real deal, but there's no like formula for it. it, it it's like, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Totally. But like the true intent of someone's creative work is, mm-hmm. it's like weird. It's weird because it's like it's internal mm-hmm. and it's just based on what you put into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that work is a lot of what makes your like musical like life like rich. It's like all those hours that you spend trying to learn to sing in tune even though you could just auto-tune it, you just know that there's some value that comes with being able to sing and practice and get better, put in the hard work to try to get better at something or try to get better at your drums or get better at your guitar. Or, you know, even if you know that you could just quantize your drums and post, like there's something that comes with being able to, look, to put in the practice of the the craft of learning the drums and practicing them. And that that really contributes to the music in this way that you can't, articulate yeah and that's what gives us longevity as mm-hmm. creative artists mm-hmm. you know i think you'll find someone who does like who burns up fast mm-hmm. and they might have been hot for a second but where's the longevity yeah totally and that only comes from really tapping into what makes you you yeah totally yeah. definitely and i think that like once i kind of like kind of settled that in me i was able to get really excited about the logic update you know right I was able to be like, okay, like if I like promise and if I like make this commitment that I'm going to look inside myself and like make sure that I'm doing that check every day to be like, okay, where is this coming from? Like, what am I, what am I doing with music here? Am I just, am I just trying to get Facebook likes or attention or am I trying to really create something? And if I kind of like, it makes me feel better of like knowing that I commit to that and knowing that that, I, that my my commitment to make to keeping that as the foundation makes me be like a lot more open to embracing all these tools as much as I can, 
you know? Yeah, it's like, Yes, I can use these samples. I can feel fine about using samples. I can feel fine about using auto-tune. I can feel fine about using these things if, I, if I'm good with myself about the foundation of how and what I'm using them for. Right. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. And I think the, the like the the um the end note that I have yeah. is um there's there's a Chuck D quote that kind of is is applicable. It's from a, a slightly different um conversation. It's a conversation about about um appropriation and like cultural appropriation and like I think that I've heard it I heard it in some sort of discussion about like hip hop and and it um you know the african american roots of hip hop and then like what it means for for white bands to be appropriating different african american music and whatnot and yeah. and um that's a whole another that's a completely different can of worms completely yeah. but, but it's um but it's interesting and i think that chuck d's chuck d's take on this was um was was really insightful and he uh his perspective was just is it dope like <laughs> at the end when you make the song like totally. is it dope and like and i think that he was uh i think that i heard him like i think i heard this quote in reference to the beastie boys and like people were talking about like oh they're just white kids like cashing in off of black people music the way that elvis would cash in off of chuck berry or whatever um and then chuck and then chuck d's responsible like is it is it dope like is the song dope <laughs> right and I think that that's that's a completely different context, and it's obviously a lot more. I don't want to. I don't want to come across that I'm distilling the conversation about about cultural appropriation just down to that simple thing. Yeah. But I think that 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 concept is very applicable to what we're talking about here. When I think at the at the end of the day, like if you're you know if you're just dragging and dropping samples, or if you're taking the time to like learn every instrument that you're playing and sing every note perfectly in pitch at the end of the day when you like finish your song like is it a dope song or is it not a dope song you know yeah and if it's dope to you it means you can yeah, sleep at night totally exactly and if you go to bed saying this is a dope song then that's like that's great you did it yeah yeah totally man mm-hmm. isn't it amazing that like a software update makes you I know. think yeah. about <laughs> makes you think about like all of these things that is so yeah. deep within creativity mm-hmm. that it's good to ask because sometimes you want to be in a place where you're like yeah it is too easy I need to work harder and then other times you need to be in a place of I need to appreciate these tools that are easier now and try to make yes, try definitely. to you know get even more creative. Yes, because I've definitely been on both sides so hardcore. Yeah, it's I went not through one or I the went other. through so much in my life where it's like not like I was so afraid to use those kind of tools. Yeah, you know? yeah, you don't have to be in Struggle City every you yeah. know every time you make something. Seriously, so it's not you know this conversation is not about you shouldn't be doing this or you should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think based on the conversation that already happened, just the back and forth of this, like, well, sometimes this. You know, well, when you write a song super easily, that's still inspiration. That's still creative dopeness, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's just super important to always be asking within yourself, you know, whenever you're creating something, what am I doing this for? And mm-hmm. how am I going about this the right way? Is the intention yeah. all about 
being pure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Any any I, last words? No, I think that's it. I Is it dope? Yeah. Love it. Yeah, totally. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this podcast. And that was Dogtown Podcast episode. It was one of the episodes. Oh, man, I don't one know. Of them. There's, it was it was an episode of the Dogtown Podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. See you. Bye.